regular school meaning I didn't go to special schools na para sa manan. within the classroom yung mga upuan di ba sa mga fast food or sa restaurants meron mga upuan para sa mga bata sa classroom all of them are the same but how about yung bata na in a wheelchair like you know personalization or something lang na tipong mas magiging comfortable sila Sophia kasi independent na to magbiyahe. Ginagawa nila nagpang hindi sila deaf. Tahimik lang daw sila. Nagkukunwari silang hindi sila bingi para hindi sila bulihin sa kalye or sa bus. Kung hindi naman marunong mag-sign, meron daw dapat papel at saka ballpen. O isusulat daw o isusulat at ipakikita sa kanila para maintindihan nila. Usually, I always get in trouble when, when accessing these facilities. I always get in trouble with ladies or some old people because they think I don't have any disability because my disability is not apparent. So we could see that there's one cubicle for people with disabilities. So that's providing reasonable accommodation for the these people. But if we look into the accessibility, then maybe we could convert all these cubicles into accessible cubicles because anyone could use these may it be person with disability or an old person or just kids it's not just about providing one cubicle but it's about having that universal access which means anyone could actually use it Actually, maraming din nagkwento sa akin ang tungkol sa ano sa pagsakay nila sa ano sa MRT LRT yung ano yung mga with ADHD di ba yung mga kasamahan natin ng mga deaf and hard of hearing di ba yung may mga intellectual impairment wala naman yan physical na manifestation di ba meron tayong tinatawag na special coach sa unahan banda di ba for, for women for persons with disabilities and for the pregnant so pagpasok pa lang nila diyan magbubulong-bulong na yan ulit Parang, bakit nandito ang taong na to? Bakit yung bata nandito? Saan na doon sila sa likod? Hindi naman to para sa kanila. Pero, hindi nila alam na ang pagkaroon ng kapansanan ay hindi lang for those with apparent condition. I remember during my days in Entrepreneur School of Asia, there, there was a, a long hallway connecting from the classroom all the way to the library because you need to have a long walk. As for this suggestion, I would like to say put a classroom beside the library so that persons on the autism spectrum can have easy access to the library. I actually selected the playground primarily because children should have access to whatever makes them happy. One of the things that we have found to be a good factor in assessing how inclusive the community is or a space is, is not just the design. It is also how it is operated. So policies, procedures of people who are running the space or implementing programs in that space is actually more important than the space itself. So it is not about how pretty it is or how quote-unquote PWD friendly it is because of the physical space, but it is because of the policy that uh, is run there. The home is very, very important for me because it, it's primarily the place where we stay most of the time and it's supposed to be a place of comfort and a place where all types of activities can be provided for and be participated in. 
ideally, if this were a place for somebody who has visual, visual impairment, there should be auditory cues that you're now climbing up the stairs. There should also be a tactile cue to know that this is an oven, to know that this is a knife, the fork, the spoon. And the arrangement of the furniture or even the rooms are, are made in such a way that they are all on the side and at the center there are no barriers. Otherwise, it would not be a safe place for somebody who is visually impaired. Uh, these are things that need to be considered when one builds a home for people with disabilities. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Small Talks, Big Moves, conversations for a more inclusive society. This podcast explores community solutions through creative research methods. And each session is focused on a specific sector. Welcome to Season 1, Creating an Inclusive Society for People with Disabilities. It is in Season 1 that we introduce art therapy or mapping as our creative research method. This allows our guests to evaluate the environment we have now and share with us ways wherein society can create modifications to make more inclusive spaces. It is also this season that we are able to talk about community-based rehabilitation. Each episode is dedicated to a specific principle, and each principle is represented by a guest whose experience depicts how the principle contributes to a more inclusive society. Hi, this is Ken. And I'm Nicole. In today's episode, we recap, unpack, and talk about ways we can move forward. Self-advocacy, inclusion, accessibility, participation, sustainability, and equal opportunities. These are the principles that make up CBR, and these principles contribute to how we can understand disability through different perspectives. Now let's recall the episodes and see how the principles are evident in the lives of those who join us. The first episode we've talked about is on self-advocacy, and how self-advocacy is about finding your own voice, lobbying or creating change, and how these change could potentially lead and inspire others. In our first episode, we had Joselle Tech. And what struck me with her story is that she was able to show the importance of building a strong home environment and how it shapes a person. Joselle told the story about her mom and how her inspiration and her strength translated to the leader that Joselle is today. And it was this strong support system that served as a foundation to help build the company that she has right now. And in our next episode, we talked about inclusion. And in inclusion, we acknowledge how people are different. And these differences leads us to live lives differently. But inclusion explores how individuals in the community can ensure that each person is recognized and understood to be able to participate fully. And in this episode, we heard the story of Lana Eleni and how she shaped her life around the needs of Sophia, her daughter, so that Sophia may be able to grab every opportunity that comes her way and allow her to participate in social spaces like the ones we have in school. In episode 4, the concept of accessibility was introduced. Accessibility is all about removing all physical, cultural, attitudinal, and even technological barriers that limits people with disability to fully participate with the affairs of the community. And in this episode, Marcus was able to share his story and his difficulties accessing the bathroom. So aside from the physical obstacles that he was able to face, there were also cultural and attitudinal perspectives of people who don't see the disability. 
And disability comes in all forms. Some are apparent, some are non-apparent, and we should approach people with disabilities with an open mind. And then we move on to participation, where in the show we had Mr. Raniel Sorongon. Participation means that we are giving people with disabilities the right to decide, and that we should never assume or impose what we think is right for them. In the interview, Mr. Raniel emphasizes how we all have our rights, whether we're disabled or not, and that understanding people with disabilities starts at home. Let's empower children to participate, educate people of their rights, and open opportunities where they can choose and practice these rights. Whenever there are conversations about policies that would affect their lives, it is important that they are part of that conversation. Next, we have episode 6 where we talk about sustainability. Where sustainability is all about coordinated cooperation among different groups and institutions. And it is the capacity to endure the test of time in the hopes of bringing forth positive change to different groups of people. And in this episode, we were able to have Miss Mona Magdaveluz and his son Carl. In this podcast, Mamona was able to share her experiences with the Autism Society of the Philippines and how she was able to engage different sectors. It was also in this episode that Mamona was able to highlight the importance of strategy and passion in running organizations. And we also have Carl, who shows the importance of how shaping the next generation of leaders builds towards our goal of sustainability. And lastly, episode 7, we had equal opportunities with Doc Penny Bundok, wherein she made us realize that it's not just about equal opportunities. It's also about equal rights, equal recognition of people as citizens or ultimately as contributing members of society. What I remember most about our talk with Doc Penny is that despite her stature in the field, it's still very important that you go down to the community and bridge people to opportunities that would best fit their needs. And once people with disabilities recognize themselves as empowered individuals in society, then they will be able to contribute more, be it in education, be it in the workplace, or in the community in general. And in all our six episodes, we are able to show that every experience and story is different, but we are all working towards the same goal, which is inclusion. And in the blueprint, we may hear solutions that are at an institutional level, but in the interviews, we also ask them how regular people in the community can help. And here's what we have to say. Whenever I'm asked about paano kaya kami makakatulong sa katulad nyo, I would often ask them why. Because you really have to start with your why. Why do you want to be involved? Or what are your intentions for getting involved? And then whenever they answer, I would tell like, then start small. What comes naturally sa'yo? That won't be a huge chunk of time and effort. It's easier to build from something small. Also, it lets you enjoy the process of making it big one step at a time. Sana kahit na hindi naman sana nakakatulong doon sa pangangailangan ng may mga kapansanan, yung pag-iintindi lang talaga doon sa may mga kapansanan. Kasi mahirap ang nanay na may anak talaga na may ano, kapansanan. Pag-iintindi lang sana yung gagawin ng mga ano, nasa palibot natin. Hindi naman kailangan na financial mo yun bibigyan ni eh. Yung pag-iintindi lang niya talaga. 
the very first thing for you to be involved in a community is that you make yourself aware of the plight of people with disabilities. You educate yourself about the struggles. You really need to know where these people are coming from and what do they really need. So yeah, talk to people with, with disabilities, talk to organizations. If, if you're now participating in the movement or you're helping these people, then it's where empowerment comes in. Lahat ng mga tao ay may karapatan. May kapansanan man siya o wala. Pantay-pantay yung ating karapatan at mga obligasyon. At dapat lahat ay may access to justice. Equality before the eyes of the law. So, bibigyan natin sila ng pagkakataon para marigain nila ang kanilang totoong karapatan no? at ma-empower sila sila din yung makapag-decide. Hindi natin pwedeng ipilit sa kanila yung sa atin. Ultimately, it's still the decision of that individual. Well, if you are a self-advocate throughout the entire Philippines and the entire world, please also like the ASP Self-Advocate Circle. I do know that how I started is really looking at what I can do. And I, for example, for me, I can write. And I started with that. If volunteering is it's not even possible, then what, wherever you are, I think you can make a change to inspire your organization, your family, your, your friends at church to be a little bit more inclusive. Uh, changes in policy and practice goes a long way. And I am hoping uh, that more people through those little pockets of effort all together can make an you try uh, closing your eyes or putting a cover on your eyes and then move around the house and you would really feel how it's like to be visually impaired or try experiencing and being unable to hear and you would be able to experience that or or even walking on your knees without standing up. So we really don't need to read literature and what disability is. We just need to experience it. It's the best way to get ourselves sensitive and aware to the needs of, of people with disabilities. So very simple lang. It's not very complicated, not very complex to actually know why we need to get involved with people with disabilities. So earlier, Ken, you mentioned that the blueprints may come from an institutional level, but just hearing the suggestions that our participants have, it shows that, that there are small steps that we can take, but if done collectively, can really provide a huge impact in society. And I agree. And it's also important to recognize that in making projects within the community, people with disabilities should be front and center. And as said by our guests, Nothing about them without them. So what can we do to make our society more inclusive? Let's go back to the principles that we discussed in the podcast. When we talk of self-advocacy, it's important that we support the goals and the vision that people with disabilities set for themselves. And in our episode about inclusion, it's also about exerting that very small effort for you to attend seminars and workshops to make yourself aware of the plight of people with disability. Accessibility also talks about awareness. You have to open your eyes, open your minds to all the barriers that may be in the society. And of course, co-create ways to eliminate these barriers completely. And in our episode about participation, we learned about becoming more sensitive to the rights of people with disability. Now, with sustainability, we look outside of the circles that we're in. We evaluate other sectors, other organizations that can be beneficial to our goal and create partnerships. It is also important that we shape and train leaders so that our advocacy can be passed on to the next generation. And in our episode about equal opportunity, 
It's about embracing diversity in all of the different sectors within our society. There you go. But much like anything else, change does not happen overnight. And it is really a conscious effort to make choices that would normalize all the concepts that we've talked about in this podcast. And these steps could be as simple as liking a Facebook page, searching the disability online, liking support groups that help people with disability, and even listening to this podcast. So Nicole, you've mentioned that small steps contribute to our goal of inclusion. But let's say, for instance, that we're considering a world that already is inclusive. What do you think comes after inclusion? Huh, that is something that we haven't talked about, actually. So yeah, if you were to ask me, I'd like to say that the next step is innovation. Hopefully innovation. I mean, if we do open spaces or positions of leadership to people with disability, if they are part of the conversations of policy, of change, then change would be more specific, change would be more creative, and would best fit their needs. And isn't that what innovation is? We get something that we currently have, infuse creativity, and make something better, make something more useful than what we have right now. Does that make sense? Yeah. And for me, it's more about shifting perspectives. It's looking at people with disability. It's as if that it isn't a taboo subject. And we talk about disability in regular conversations in in our day-to-day lives. And so it could be as simple as a cultural or attitudinal change if we are able to achieve the goal of inclusion in the future. Yeah, and uh, I really hope we get there. And to you, our listeners, I really hope you enjoyed this humble initiative and that it doesn't stop here. And I would also like to thank Ken, who joined me in this season. You have brought wonderful people in the show, and I really learned a lot from you. Well, it was definitely my pleasure. You know, listening to the stories of our guests, for me, it was a real inspiration and a motivation to keep going on through this pandemic. And I really miss them. I really miss working with them. So I know that creating spaces for people with disabilities is just season one. Will there be a season two? Well, as long as there are sectors that need to be acknowledged and conversations that need to be made, then I guess there'd always be a hope for a next season. (laughs) Great. We'll all be looking forward to that. If you enjoyed this episode, follow and share our page with your friends. Reaching communities help us fulfill the overall goal of this podcast. You may also write down stories and ideas that embrace diversity and build a stronger, more inclusive society at our comments section. And of course, join us again next time for another season here on Small Talks, Big Moves, Conversations for a More Inclusive Society. Mm -hmm.